This is Michelle Dawes-Burke of Real Chicks Rock, and this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. RCR presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dawes-Burt. And as always, I'm always excited to be here today. We had a lot of background clowning before the show started. I love these people. I love my guests today. They are my inspiration. They don't know that, but I I am public in saying that. So today I have the Mo Audio team with me today. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank Thank you so much. Welcome, welcome. Good to be here. It's good to have you Hello, everyone out there. Look look at these guys. They are clowning. Let me tell the people a little little bit about RCR and then we'll just jump right into the conversation today. Um, RCR, Real Chicks Rock is designed to empower and motivate and inspire all women and we do it through various different things. We've done it through our apparel line. Everyone here at the table has a t-shirt. Thank you so much for supporting the brand. We do it through community service. We feel that it's very important to give back so we've always aligned ourselves with charitable organizations to make sure that we raise the awareness in different areas that are going on in our community. We do it through public speaking and mentoring and lastly, my one. This is becoming my favorite. It's the media side, the oh, arts. Yeah. So we are very oh, thankful to be here, and we thank Instinct Radio for giving us a platform to be able to talk about the topics and bring different guests in here and subject matter experts, and just have an opportunity to just talk for a little bit every first and third Sunday. So welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you thank again. You. Thanks welcome. for having us on. Yeah, yeah. Payback is a mug. <laughs> Payback Man. is a mug. Yeah. Yes, you have been a guest on more audio and, and even just in the audience yes, that's right yes. frequently so it's good to have yeah. you i'm good for you to have us here yes. now it's like the tables have turned it, that's it right. has it has because you guys do your show on sundays yes we record it on Sunday. You right. Uh-huh. On Sunday and aired it on Wednesday. It, it so typically when I'm doing this, you guys are doing your thing too at the same time. So yep. it's hard. That's it why is. we haven't seen That's you. That's why you haven't okay. seen me. Okay. okay. But something about the Super Bowl thing, you guys didn't do it that day. And I felt like your schedule would align. Look at that. Yeah. So I said, let me. <laughs> huh? Stars align. Yes. Look yes. at God. Let Look me, at God. Let me Won't get he do it? Won't he do it? it? It's Sunday. He's going to do it. <laughs> Sensational Sunday. So guys, I want to talk a little bit about how did you guys meet? Like you, you guys are friends long time or just oh, long yeah. time show? I guess should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sorry, right. go. Yeah, ladies first. Okay, all right. I'm Shantae Lagan. Hey, I'm so happy to be Hi, here, Shantae. <laughs> Michelle, thank you for having us. Pleasure. Uh, I'm Lamar Shirley. Yes. And I am Carlton Hargrove, the baritone. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're the Mo Audio team, yes. also representing um, Slow Mo Media, yes. which is the sort of the umbrella of the whole shebang. The shebang. Mo Audio, shebang. Mo Audio is the show. Slow Mo Media is the brand. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what was the question? No, no. <laughs> you said we've known each other for How a long, long time. How long have we known each other? Yeah. You guys have known each I've other known for a really him long time since the nineties. Since, uh, since 1990 i've known him since 1996 96 
So yeah. 20 years. It's the 20 year. No, 21 year yeah. anniversary. Wow. Yeah. We met each other at a Upscale Magazine. Upscale, Upscale Magazine. magazine. Shout out to Upscale Magazine. Shout out to Upscale. That's yeah. We both were working. Okay. The Bronner Brothers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. And Shantae, <laughs> I met Shantae in 2004 at Creative Loafing. At Creative Loafing, mm. where we were working at the time. That's right. And yeah. then I knew Lamaris through Carlton. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Probably was about maybe the same year. Yeah, yeah it had to be. All connected. Yeah. Had so to. 2004, we've all known each other since, since then. then. Is wow. that why you guys can complete each other's sentences? So well, well, that and we've you been doing this me. together yeah. for a long time. Oh, me too, uh, Carlton. Yes. <laughs> I have, that and I, I have... That and I have Carlton microchipped, so <laughs> oh, no. I, know, I know what he's thinking at all times. We had a podcast together. Yes, in fact, I'm yeah, going to tell you something. Yeah, funny. Yeah. So the original podcast was called Audio Floss. Right. Okay. We did it together for Creative Loafing. Okay. And then, you know, I went to Charlotte and took over the paper in Charlotte, uh-huh. and Shantae held it down in, in Atlanta. And But when we did the podcast for Creative Loafing, Audio Floss, Lamar's did all the, like, the music for yep, it. He did nice. the theme song and the bumpers in between. And then, uh, so when we thought of the name of the show, Lamar's actually thought of the name for more audio. He was like, yeah. slow mo and audio floss combined mm. yeah, mo yeah. audio. That's so yeah, perfect. Yeah. Lamar's, Lamar's, like, honest, Lamar's is good with the names. He is. He's pretty good with, with the names, names and stuff. <laughs> and the graphics. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he does, he does it all. Everything. It's like a one stop shop. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. So, yeah, we've known each other for since 2004. And, you know, was doing podcasts. And we were actually, I really want to say we were the first podcast at Creative Loafing. I, yes, it's you true. Yeah. It's I remember true. that. I mean, okay. yeah. And I think Ed, Ed Adams, who produced Audio Oh, what's up, Ed Adams? Audio That's Floss, right. mm-hmm. He did, he probably would say he was the first one, but I say. He had Ed Loves Bacon. Ed Loves Bacon was a podcast for Creative Loafing. But I think his came a little after ours. It did come. But he Perfect. wouldn't say that. So, but I'm saying it. So there you go, Ed. <laughs> this no, is I, random. I just Eat it, Ed. I think he just came in first. Yeah, of course. It was kind of all there together. I dreamt about Ed Adams last night. Isn't that the random yeah, that we're talking about? Wow, yeah. look at that. Wow, you was really getting yeah. prepared Ooh, for today. I was. I didn't even you know that it was happening. And I dreamt about Grizzly Adams. Just joking. Shout out to the Bears out there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Oh, all right. So about what? So about what year was? This podcast developed. When did you guys do it? For Mo Audio? No, for Creative Loafing. What year was that? That was 2004, late 2004, 2005, maybe? No, Carlton. It had to be a a year or so after. So let's say 2005, because I left in 2006. Okay, so yeah, maybe 2005. I would say 2005. And I remember that one of your your first ones was at one of my events. Really? That's right. You used to do it at Harlem Bar, Mm. and... What was the event that you did at the Harlem uh, Bar? Beats and Eats. Beats and Eats. Anybody remember that? Anybody Beats remember and Beats and Eats? Beats and I used to do Beats and Eats and I would bring in local um, <laughs> local, uh, local artists and musicians and then a, lot, a lot of times y'all would interview them. And the Harlem Bar is is called BQE now. That's correct. I mean, yeah. it's not the same owners or anything, but it's the same space. Wow. Off of Edgewood. Except now BQE is even bigger. It's bigger. But yeah. in that small space, it was half he would DJ half. and have bands come in. Yeah. And when I tell wow. you, like... Pretty the the most the mainly known soul artist in the city. Yes, yeah. you'd have like Anthony had David, yeah. you know, Julie Dexter, before Cameron Corvey, you know, Rhonda Thomas. They would come through all those folks. Yeah, we had a different we we had a performance every single week. Every week, that yeah, is yeah. so cool. And we awesome. we did a recording there, like bef- like 
I think it's maybe bef- was it before Beats and E started or it was around the same time? Around the same time, cause yeah, because yeah, we uh, Creative Loafing had an event and I I brought Dooley Dexter there. And I remember no, it. but that was after. That well, was, was way after. That was my going away thing. Oh, that was. Well, wow. we did Slick and Rose. That's oh, right. that's we right. Them. Well, they that's were right. our first. I think our first. One of our first guests, probably. Mm. And we did it live at the Harlem Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Slick and Rose. Mm. Yeah. 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 Talk to everybody. We yeah. gonna, we're gonna get to that in a second. I want to talk more a little bit about. Can uh, I say one more thing though? Sure. I do want to say that Slow Mo Media and Mo Audio, in case people are wondering, it's all about soul music in Atlanta. Gonna get to I, just want, I just wanted to make but sure just, people knew what, well, what it was yeah, all about. Well, that's why you're here. We just so sitting up here talking. Know. You know, I just right, you know. just jumped right in. I just want to get that out there. Wow, everybody out there. Yeah, we're gonna. You well, let's talk about that some more. So now that you put it out there, <laughs> Michelle's like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, no, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. So tell us the birth of slow mo. Like, right? Just tell us the concept. Well, here's the thing. So Lamar's had been talking about doing slow mo since like nineteen since ninety six about probably since ninety six. <laughs> when you guys met. Yeah, he said, like, Man, we should do our magazine. He had this he thought of a name and a logo. It was in the nineties. It was in the nineties. Wow. And the I think we might have still been at upscale. I think we probably were. And the thing about it was this was during the time period you have to understand that a lot of music in Atlanta was coming out. You know, I was a big hip hop head. Mm-hmm. I, I loved hip hop and jazz and soul. And there was a lot of great music that was coming out. And we wanted to do, at the time we thought about it, it wasn't going to be just off Atlanta. It was going right. to be like, it was like a cultural, there was a vibe of music. Right. You know, people right. might want to call it Neo Soul, but right. I, we started, we knew back then mm-hmm. that all of this stuff connected. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a jazz sample from, uh, you know, from, I, I don't know, uh, uh, Grover Washington, that it would fit in with like, being used on say a genre, mm-hmm. right? So it all fit together, right? And we and plus this was the music that we were liking. I mean, yeah, we would we'd go to other spots too, like five five nine, you know. And, but uh, but we see five five, 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 five nine. nine. <laughs> but uh, but we we really loved we we, <laughs> we loved the music that was coming out of like Yin Yang and. But I, but here's the thing. So we we were talking about doing this thing in the nineties, right? Yeah. And then we just you know life went on. We got married, got divorced, got we didn't marry each other. But no, no we were, oh, yeah. oh, okay, secrets out. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so anyway, but then also based on the fact of what you guys do, like Nat Carlton yeah, right. being the writer. Oh yeah, right. I totally forgot Lamar about that. Be, so, yeah, there's so, that yeah, part. So I've worked as an editor for twenty something years. Lamar's worked as a designer, creative director for yeah. all that type, yeah. and a DJ. Yeah. All the time, and so we, uh, so yeah, so we had the expertise, but we just didn't get around to doing it. And then, so I, when I went to Charlotte, I was there for like uh, six years. It's when I came back, I intentionally came back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get out of here, and I said, <laughs> I got to get back to Atlanta. And I slow mo was one of the things I wanted to do. But the the problem with slow mo, at least initially, was that it was you know to make a magazine is very expensive. Yeah, it is. Printing is very expensive, yeah. and so we had to really think of a format that would allow us to do what we were doing. Mm. And so I actually went to the movies one time and I saw this little fold out, and I was like, man. And I sort of rejiggered it, and I brought it to Lamar. I said, hey man, we should do slow mo like this. Yeah. And I thought he was gonna like push back. Yeah. Well, see, but he was. Like, Let's do it. No, because the thing, I was ready for. I felt like that it's kind of like what you were saying. When we started out in magazines, it's like you had to do it a certain way. Right. And you had to do it like either saddle stitch, which is, you know, how they staple in the middle yeah, yeah. And, or perfect bound. And, and people wouldn't even respect you unless you came out a certain way. But as more and more as I got deeper and deeper into design, 
it's like, you know, some of the the best pieces I saw had nothing to do with just being saddlesticks. Sometimes mm-hmm. they were concepts. They might have been a magazine on a card or it might be. Right. And I was like, well, this is because we wanted to present the, the you know, the music and like the culture in a certain way, which, which was more of an intellectual way. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's, when I saw that, I instantly was like, yeah, he's. He's right, and I think what it was, it wasn't even a publication that you gave me. I think it was like a brochure. It was, like a brochure. It was yeah. a brochure, but yeah. I was just like, "Oh wow, this would be great." Mm-hmm. And then you know, so it gave us an, uh, the option to like do it a certain, a different way and That's present right. it uh, in an affordable way that we could do it too. in a in a way that we could continue doing it like sustainably. Right. You That's important. I mean? You don't so, want right. to start something and then you know can't keep you know, it up. Right. Keep and how many up. people do that, right? And so. So that's how Slow Mo was birthed. Mm. But from the outset, we were like, we wanted to be a multimedia thing. We didn't want to just do print. We wanted to cover a lot of different platforms. And so that's when we say, hey, man, it would be great to do a podcast. Around that same time, Jabari launched ABL Radio. What's up, Jabari? Mm -hmm. ABL Radio. Art, Beats, and Lyrics Radio. that's right. (laughs) So, I I mean, I guess everybody knows what Art, Beats, and Lyrics is. But the guy who started that, Jabari Graham, started an internet radio station ABO Radio, and as soon as I, I heard he was doing it, I was like, we got to get on there. Right. Yeah. And I immediately thought, we got to get Shantae back in the mm-hmm. mix, and we got to do that podcast thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we reached out to her, and then she was like, let's do this. Let's definitely no do that. No, I did not say no. Uh, I, I was like, forget. of course, we have to do this. And and I think one thing, too, is that when we ta- started talking about with the podcast and we also with the publication, mm-hmm. I think w- because we had been through... All of us have been through the media through all these years, and we saw the ringer. Yeah, the ringer. I mean, you saw we saw publications rise and fall, close. You know, there have been times where you know you're like, okay, what are we going to do for a living? Right. Yeah. But the thing about it, I know for me, I always said that the there was publications that I felt like they closed and, and, and that had a great brand, but they just didn't see outside of just the one product. Mm-hmm. So you have to expand. But I see similar to what you're doing. You yeah. have to do all totally. these different things yeah. just to keep the brand out there. Mm-hmm. So I thought when when he brought up the you know, as far as doing like the show, I was like, oh yeah, this is no brainer. Mm-hmm. This is no brainer. Now Shantae, what is your background? My background is journalism yeah. and uh, writing, editing. Um, when Carlton joined the Loaf, I think. I was what they called the operations editor, which is essentially the managing editor. Ooh, really? Um, and so did that for a while. But even before that, I worked at the AJC and mm. had my own little public. Well, it wasn't a little publication, actually. It was a, a pretty dope publication. What was the name? What was it, it was called Heads, the Subterranean Guide to Hip Hop Culture. Wow. And Never knew this. Y'all didn't know that. I knew you had this why I forgot the name of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Let's go. This was um, <laughs> back in Chapel Hill where I went oh. to school. Oh. And it was, um, you know, one of the first, I would say, if if only hip-hop oriented publications. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's a little little thing that you can put your feet on it. So you just kind of made yourself comfortable over there. Sharing it with Michelle. Okay. 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 (laughs) I think he's right where he needs to be. That's right. Mm -hmm. But But yeah, that was that was um, long ago. But my aspirations to do magazines i'm right there with you guys um and that was cool we didn't know that you needed advertising that was kind of our downfall Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we we used to design our own filler ads that were really really cool looking but they weren't making any money obviously um but in terms of talking about the music and bringing something interesting for free Mm -hmm. to people just like slow-mo it was the same same deal and you know i think one thing you just brought up was another reason why we were able to finally get slow-mo out is 
having worked with all these different thing, different publications, I know on my end is I was able to work as a the, the, the graphic designer, art director, you know, production to yeah, see the yeah. different aspects of the magazine. Ooh. I think that if we would have if we would have came out in 1996 for our publication, it probably would have been dead by at least 1997. Oh yeah, we, we just we didn't know we you yeah, know we had we great con- it was a great concept, right, but, you, but right. you had to we had to learn yeah. what you know now. Yeah, exactly. Because I knew I saw a lot of publications. During that time period, that I would help out. I was like, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to learn. Do y'all yeah. remember um, Elemental yep. I magazine? Remember. I really liked that magazine. Mm-hmm. It was a hip hop oriented yeah, publication, mm-hmm. and I wish that they had stayed afloat. You know, but I think that's another one where totally. it just you, you, it's so good. Yeah, it but- was a bunch of ones that popped up over the years mm-hmm. locally, um, and we saw them come and go yeah. and we were like okay we don't want to be like that right, you know right. so how can we so yeah so the idea is to really be a multi-platform thing events you know products uh digital products print mm-hmm. lots of different stuff now it's interesting hip-hop i would have never mm-hmm. thought that oh yeah she, she's a rapper yeah yeah, yeah. you are MC. not a rapper i used this, to yeah. you and still sometimes yeah you, yeah. you, want, you want to spit something now? Uh, no. <laughs> I can beatbox I mean, if you, you like. That's the thing, though. Like, in a way, I feel kind of punked right now because that's one of the really? things that I, you know, when an MC is asked to MC, they you need to do that. That ain't true. They, they need they to do that. They would ask say, hey, why don't you freeze that? He said, no free shows. No free <laughs> shows. Well, that's real. <laughs> and I'm like, that's right. <laughs> that no is real. Well, yeah, see, and if you ask me, and if you ask me to freestyle, I probably would plagiarize and be like, it's, "I came in the door, said it before," and you'd be like, "That ain't yours." Like, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would do that. So, hip hop was your background. Is same thing for you, Carl? I think it's all of us. It was everybody. I mean, I was in a rap group in he's college. From the, he's from the Midwest. You were in a rap group. He was in college. I didn't know that. Carlton was in rap group. I heard the music. I had no idea. Good. It was, but it was like it was. Sort of like he a parody a of like what was it the, the public enemy it was like a kind oh, of a parody no. what was it called the 20th what was it called well there well there was it was different names one of them was 20th place players and it was like uh the third coming <laughs> it was a bunch of, <laughs> uh-uh. it was bizarre you see my mouth on TV. Oh, so we were, yeah we what if we put out songs and we did shows yeah. but we were terrible it was yeah. it was just funny we were laughing well, me and my girl were not terrible i know i didn't it was me and my girl we were called insight and mystic oh wow um, who was mystic? Cool. she was mystic you i was insight. Insight. I like that. Insight. Yeah. insight now what year what year was this okay. this was um 94 to 98 pretty oh, much the whole time i was in school yeah yeah yeah, we performed with the Roots. We opened for them in Chapel Hill. Y'all didn't know this. <laughs> okay, I thought no, you guys you knew this. These are your people. <laughs> They're supposed to know. I know you opened up for the Roots. What? Yes, wow. we opened up for the Roots in Chapel Hill. That was one of like that was probably the pinnacle awesome. of our Girl. career as yeah, a rap group. Well. So, did y'all yeah. put out some CDs and stuff? Um, we put out CDs, but they were more like you know, let's burn some mm, on my girl's right. computer. You know, Man, what I, mean? I would, I would like, like to press them. them. Yeah, I would too. Wow, I would like yeah, to. You, you gotta bring you them. You gotta bring that. them. Yeah, for real. I miss those guys. Like we had a whole crew. We were called the Jungle Juice Crew. I love so it. we had, um, you know, it was us, and then there were other couple of groups that were all part of it. Um, wow. So where are but they yeah. now? Where's Mystic? You know, Mystic. I, you, I have looked for Mystic. I have looked for Miss Shayna Harris. Shayna Harris. If you can hear out there, Mystic. I would love to hear from you. Please. Come on, Facebook agents. Come on, Facebook agents. Come on, right there. Greensboro, the North Carolina. Right wow. That's where she's from. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, so yeah, I would love to hear from her. But that's that's just it. You know, you lose touch with people after yeah. school sometimes. And she was one of those I, I lost touch with. It was a bad breakup. 
No, it was not at all. No, she wanted to do trap. You wanted to do conscious stuff. She was so ill too, y'all. I mean. Man, maybe she's, she's a great maybe MC. She turned into somebody else and is like a big star now. No, maybe, well, maybe you just won, never know. Maybe she saw rock. Yeah, I don't know. No, no now she's, you see now you clowning. You mean in terms of thinking like maybe it's a situation kind of like TLC, like the one girl dropped out of the group and she's probably like working at Piggly Wiggly somewhere. <laughs> it could be like that. You know, I'm not joking though, but I'm saying I wonder what's wrong with Piggly Wiggly. Oh no, no, I'm. I like Piggly Wiggly. Sorry, you're right. But no, I had no idea that. No, yes, you, you see yes. why Actually, these conversations are important because we learn things about one it. another. I'm gonna deal with you I at the break. The list. So, Shantae, <laughs> where are you from? Originally? I am from Oak Park, Illinois, near Chicago, Illinois. All right, and it is the best place ever. Um, we talked last week um, on last week's show just about how we each grew up and where and how that informed our experiences. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful to have grown up there. Um, I think it's like the biggest village in the country. Really? You know, it's it not a, a suburb. It does take a village. Um, it's not a city, but it is right outside of Chicago city limits. Was music always in your house? Music was in my house. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I, I couldn't dance when I grew Could y'all dance when I you grew dance. up? I could dance. You could dance? I was going to Soul Train. Yeah. I was I was too nervous. dancer. Get out of here. I was I was dead up. Yeah, I was dead serious about it. I was really Yeah, I watched it every Saturday. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna and I, by the time I was old enough to get to California, the show could put No way. Yeah, I wanted to be at least in the audience. I knew I couldn't be on the stage with the chick with the long hair and right. the and all that, but I was well, I was worthy doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Man. so you couldn't dance. I was now. I was too nervous to dance. I was like the Marvin Gaye song, you know, where your back is just up against the wall and you're watching everybody have a good time. Until I went to my first house music show. Oh, when snap. was that? In Chicago? In Chicago, I was underage, so I was probably 15. Wow. And um, that's when it all changed for me. Wow. You ain't I'm like, stop I can just do whatever yeah. I want to. Awesome. You know. Awesome. So, yeah. Lamar's where are you from? I'm originally from Summer Shake, Kentucky, very rural area. Very. Area. It's near. It's near Bowling Green. Okay. Yeah. But Just, I, yeah. Summer Shade. Summer Shade. It's yeah. It, it doesn't appear on most maps. <laughs> summer. We've heard that name summer a lot. Shade. Summer Shade, Kentucky. It don't appear. It's not on the map. It doesn't appear on most maps. It's not. It's still what? not. Incorporated. Maybe it's like a so mysterious it place. It's like like, like the, Brigadoon, like, like a television Twin show Peaks. Haven. It's, That's it's, right. It's, it's, Twin it's, Peaks. A, it's like a fictional place. <laughs> I totally not made a restaurant. It up. I totally made no. it up. So, so it what show. brought you to Atlanta? Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. There's some people will say because I came in '96. So okay. some people say, "Oh, was it the Olympics or Freaknik?" I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. Mm. Um, the Freaknik Olympics. Freaknik Olympics. <laughs> Freak Olympics. <laughs> but no, I went to an HBCU. Okay. So the, we would come down here a lot to you know I would come down here to visit my you know. Fraternity brothers, doing, you know, we'd hang out and go like to different games against Morehouse and Clark and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Morris Brown, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I fell in love with the city. Wow! And uh, plus, going into art and design, there was no opportunities for me in Kentucky. Okay. I mean, okay. I had a job. I had a job. I had a great job while I was there, but mm-hmm. I wanted to go into I wanted to go into magazines. Mm-hmm. Magazines was the thing at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I've, I think I mentioned this to Carlton before, we've talk, but. When I went to when I came to Atlanta and I started working at Upscale, I would say at that time period I knew pretty much every 
black art director in the country. Wow. Because there, it, that was at a magazine. Right. Because right. there, there was so, there were so few of us. Few and of you us. have to think this was before it was digital, like, right. you know, digital, right. everything was right. very right. old school. school. So you knew most of the people. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty cool with, like, you were talking about how you're cool with certain people now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cool with very a lot cool. of those guys that were, that were working at LaFace, you know, and, awesome. and they were working at Ebony and stuff. So, awesome. Yeah. So it, growing up in Kentucky, did, was music always in the house or? How did it, you find it was music was always in my in my house. See, I started DJing at thirteen by oh, accident. Wow. By accident. Did you know that? Yeah, this is a great story. Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> the, and the story, yeah, the story, the story is a great story because it, it was what it was. My my mother, my mother uh, was a nurse, so she always had to work, you know, work at the hospital at night. Mm-hmm. So it was New Year's Eve, and my father couldn't, you know, my father couldn't find like somebody to watch me. So you know, I was probably about I was like about thirteen 13. years old, and he didn't want they want me to stay at home by myself he was like you gonna come with me so his friend was a dj and and it was basically he said well you're gonna come with me to the party so they get drunk they up there at this party and everything uh-huh. and it's at one year. point and at one point the dj was like boy you've been watching me all night long go on get up there so <laughs> so i get up there to go dj and i remember the first i remember the first song i played what was it sarah smile Oh, oh wow! I picked the song and, and it's oh. like you know. So you all these people and I just saw how they were just you know all loving the that music. That is so cool. And I thought I was like, this is so great. <laughs> nice. And they like and, and it didn't nothing about my mix made any sense because I think I, <laughs> I, after that I think I played like one nation under the groove. It was yes. it just went from one to another. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, go ahead, boy, go ahead. <laughs> and drunk. and I didn't even have like I didn't even own like records at the time. Yeah. But then I remember going home that next day. I was like. You know, my, tearing up records. You know that we had like one of those big um, floor level turntables, and I just, I just, I was into it. I started buying records and tapes and stuff like that ever since mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So, and when did you get at your style? Like, when did you understand? Okay, this song doesn't go with this song. When did it start to make sense for you? I would say when until probably like college. You know, I, so I, you was wrecking people all that time with the bad mixes and no, transitions. I, and stuff? No, I, no, I. I from like from high school to uh, from like junior high to high school, okay. my stuff was terrible. It was okay. horrible. Oh, was, I love the fact that he's just like, yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, it was, it was, bad. It was bad. I didn't, you know, I it was just bad. Okay, but it wasn't until I got to college, uh-huh. and I would actually say probably more in my sophomore year, mm-hmm. because uh, I, after I joined the fraternity, mm-hmm. it was like one of my mentors who also got me my first design job. Mm-hmm. Also, he was the one who would promote all the, the concerts at Kentucky State. Wow. So Kentucky State being an HBCU and the only one that was in, in the state at the time, mm-hmm. you would, um, he would be, you know, when I say he would promote the concerts, you're talking about, he would mix up, he would have like Zapp and Roger performing with Gangstar. Mm-hmm. Oh my you know, goodness. Have, you know, he would, or he'd have Heavy D, you know, he'd have Heavy D right. and the boys. And it's like, that's come also, is like, I remember the first time that they, uh, when everybody talks about like uh, R. Kelly, I'm like, I remember R. Kelly in public announcement. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's when I knew he was creepy. But that's right. Yes. But but they allowed me. I, that's when I really got into more. I could say understanding jazz and and soul and hip hop and how it all worked together. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I I remember watching. For example, I remember watching uh, DJ Premier and Guru just in awe of watching. Zap and Roger. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, Roger, basically Roger Troutman, right. just take the crowd to another level. Right, right. And um, and then start just you know understanding you know the samples and where the samples came from mm-hmm. and trying to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. So that's when I think my music got better. Mm-hmm. And then from there, and this is also kind of goes into something with, with Carlton and I. Mm-hmm. So 
because I was got into the music, how it was like the samples. Carlton and I, we ended up doing a party down mm. here in Atlanta called the Rare World, which was basically it was it was it was just music of stuff that had been sampled. Okay. I would DJ, which yeah. I love. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And people liked, and people, and that's what really got me getting a lot of gigs here in Atlanta was 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 DJing that just the samples, the samples, mm. yeah, all day. Now, Carlton, where are you from? Gary, Indiana. Mm. With them Jacksons? Jacksons. You know, we got a lot of famous people. Is that, is, <laughs> he is that right? He really does. A lot of famous people. Well, such as who? Who? Denise Williams. Okay. Oh, wow. nice. here for the boys. Yes. Uh, of course, uh, Black Caesar, Fred Williamson, mm. Hell Up in Harlem, Three the Hard Way, <laughs> o- Original Gangsters. He hasn't done Make any America of this research. Again, Make America great again. Huh? Oh God, yeah. So we we have disowned Fred, Fred, because <laughs> yeah. he supported Trump, so he's gone. He's okay. uh, who else we got? We got Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks, yeah. man called Hawk. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I remember. Uh, and recently, <laughs> Diggs Duke for all my soul lovers. Oh, Diggs Duke is Diggs great. Duke is from Gary, That's where from. and uh, also you know Trina and Tamara back in the day. Uh, Jesse Powell is from mm. Gary. Mm. Um, you know some R and B artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Malden is from Gary. Oh wow! Remember him? Street yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, with the nose and yeah, the American the Express nose. car. That's right. Yeah. So you know, just a few, just a few, uh, just one. a few, and then. <laughs> Carlton and then, Harbor. And then there's Carlton. But Gary is, you know, anybody. And then there's Maul. That's right. <laughs> Donnie Hathaway sang that <laughs> theme song. But anyway, uh, you know, being from Gary, Gary's a is a is a rough city, mm. you know, because we're on on the outskirts of Chicago. Yes. We uh, you know, we have a beach. We have beach property and everything. Mm. You say on the beach, you see Chicago across the beach, you know. But it's a it's a terrible little city. <laughs> And, and if you're from Gary, you know. Shit. <laughs> you know. I've driven through Gary, and you're right. I've, nev- I've never been to I was like, Gary. please, can yes. I get to is Chicago, he, please? He's talking, he's talked so bad about Gary that I, I was like, I don't ever want to go there. There's no reason to go. There's no, There's no reason, to go. reason to go. But now, you know, now it's not so bad. A lot of people left and died and stuff like that. So now it's a lot of older people that live in Gary. I'm serious. But, you know, I go back once or twice a year, you know, to say, say, what's up? Yeah. I still got all my relatives still live there. Mom and dad. Mom, dad brothers some of my brothers cousins you know everybody everybody was there music in the house growing up in Gary? yeah it was you know what i mean but see i i grew up in a very religious household mm. and so on sundays we could only play gospel music oh wow okay you could not play instrumental music this you could not so play nothing but gospel music and if they hear it they'll cut it off <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing i would say for the most part we didn't really play a lot of gospel we didn't play anything with gospel on Sunday. Okay, exactly. yes. I don't remember other music besides that being played. Well, it was a rule. I mean, like if they were, you know, you could get smacked. But see, both of us, <laughs> both of us share one thing in common that we we listen to a lot of music, mm. varieties oh, totally, of music. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's see, all three of us. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And yeah. four, but up, and four of us. I think growing up at the time we did too. Radio was a lot different. Yes, yeah. it was. Way it different. It was FM. Exactly. Yeah. You had an <laughs> FM dial. Even, yeah. even AM. You it was know, different, yeah. yes. It was like whole, totally right, but we the, the styles would mix. If it was a good song, it could be on black radio. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, like I was listening to 87.7 the other day, and they played um, Hall & Oates. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't think of the last time a black radio station has played exactly Hall and Oates, right? Yeah. Which was which was basically R and B, or yeah, you know? or you know, we talk about like we both love Steely Dan. Yes. Oh, I mean, God. it would yeah. be nothing for me to like turn on the radio and I'm hearing Steely Dan, and it'd be followed up by I don't know Stevie Wonder. Yeah, right. right. You know right. that that was that was common. Easy. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, I would listen to the radio 
but you know you gravitate towards certain things yes. and you know I, I think i told you before you know it's 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 hilarious now but i used to love show tunes like musicals yeah <laughs> so i grew up watching how embarrassing <laughs> i know right hello darling yeah right and i would like I would is that your al joseph <laughs> I th- who is that that's uh Who's the Hello Dolly? Oh, that was uh, Louis Armstrong. Oh, Louis Armstrong. Was it Louis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello Dolly. But, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I grew up listening to all, like, musicals. and But then, I, you know, uh, now I grew like, when I was a kid, we would go to parties. When I was old enough to go to parties, all they played at parties was house music. Yes. And that's house music? House music. Yes. That's what people forget. House music was ghetto music. Yeah. It that's, was that's right. Music. You are so right. See, you are so right. That's strange because people forget it. They forget it. Much, it's much different. It's and in much Kentucky, different. And in Kentucky, all they played, they didn't play any house music. They only played like funk music. Okay. Because you know you're closer. You know Kentucky. We we had Ohio. More than, yeah, we were closer yeah. to the Ohio mm-hmm. sound. So you know, and you would see mm-hmm. those. You'd be able to see those artists. So yeah. we weren't getting a lot. We weren't really getting, getting house. House. Rest in peace. Right. Rest in peace to the Ohio. The guy from Ohio players. Yeah. Right. But no, but house was made, you know, it was made with these really low, like, low-cost equipment, these mm-hmm. cheap keyboards and stuff like that, the little samplers. It, you know, it was, it came out of the street. Mm-hmm. And so we would go to house parties. Every house party we went to, they was playing house music. They weren't playing rap at parties mm. in gear. No, no, they weren't in Chicago either. It wasn't, yeah. it yeah, wasn't so, like, it wasn't so, it wasn't so, it wasn't it no, wasn't soulful R and B. No, you want to no. dance? No, we you trying to dance. jack? That's you know right. what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, that's right. So that was street music. You know, so I grew up listening to that, and it was like, so it was such a mishmash of stuff I'm hearing from radio, and then gospel music at home, and then house music on the street. Yeah, you know, it was weird. You know, so but but it, I appreciate all kinds of music because of that. It's funny you said that. But you were talking about what the what music you were hearing because I remember. The first times that I really started hearing a lot of hip hop out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, hip hop, hip hop in Kentucky, you know, it was it was like, it was it was like very underground. You would get it, you get these tapes, right. you just get tapes and stuff like that. And, you, and because you think about it, they're really the distribution of music wasn't out there like mm-hmm. that for hip hop. Mm-hmm. So I remember like some of the first hip hop that I heard actually out was Run DMC, and because. At the time, I, we still certain songs we still thought were novelties. Mm. Like we thought Sugar Hill Gang was a novelty right. song. Yeah, right. You know, it was like, we just, like double yeah. Dutch, but you know, yeah, like all that, you know, the ha, the ha, that you know, rapping dude. It was like novelty stuff. So when you started hearing like Run DMC, you're like, oh, this okay, is this, this is, is legit, right? It's this different. is legit because mm-hmm. I mean, nothing against Curtis Blow, but you know, you had stuff like you know they're playing basketball that mm-hmm. still yeah. had a novelty swing yeah, to it. Sure, so yeah. But when I when I heard Run DMC, I was like, oh, this is legit, and that's the first time I heard it out in the skating ring. Mm. And then I remember they followed it up with there was this big debate. I think we've talked about it before. We I heard Slow and Low by Beastie Boys, mm. yeah. and everybody was like. They black. No, they white. They black. No, man, they white. And then, then, like, then when you get when License the Ill came out, and like the cover was a a, a wrecked plane. Right. We're like, are they are they white? <laughs> I'm sure that was on purpose. What, what's going yeah. on with this? Yeah. yeah. So that was yeah. marketing. Yeah. So you never heard Treacherous Three and Funky Four Plus One. Wasn't hearing was a lot that of whole. That was that whole era of that block of like rapping. Like I wasn't lyricists. hearing. It. I wasn't hearing a lot of that until. Like after the Run DMC stuff, gotcha. it it was it was one of those things where you <clears throat> after Run DMC, it's like it's kind of like opened what, it up. It's opened it up same way where I say like certain hip hop songs open open my mind up to jazz. I would hear it gotcha. and be like, totally. like gotcha. oh that's a sample. Let me go find, find this that. artist. Gotcha. And that's yeah. when I got became so much of a nerd at it where I was like, well, 
I would look in the back of records and say like, well, who's this name and where can yeah, I find yeah. this? And right. oh, they did an album. Let me go buy that album. And for you know what, I'm buying somebody's entire catalog, right? right. <laughs> you right. know, because of, sample. so of that's one fair. sample. But that's the thing about hip hop too uh, is that hip hop was made at least, especially from like the late 80s to the early 90s was really made by people who loved music. Mm-hmm. And they had the same musical taste as us. It was that's very right. broad. Very, so they were true. bringing that's all true. these different things. Like, Elements. you know, I was hanging with a friend of mine yesterday who's Egyptian. And she played me the sample from Big Pimpin'. She played me the original song. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's dope. Yeah. I'm sure. It's like an Egypt. It's like a real famous Egyptian song. Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah. And so it's like, but who would have guessed that? But you had to have loved music yes. to, to find that kind of stuff, right? right? And right. see, now, the people making hip-hop, uh, there's a lot of people making hip-hop. I'm not going to say everybody, mm. but especially the radio stuff. The radio stuff, they don't love music. Mm. They love money. Mm. And so that's why they're not digging deep. They love an aesthetic. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they love that image. Yeah. They love the rock lifestyle, yeah. maybe. And they love... The they don't lo- they, they love, love the money com- the commercial yeah, yeah. yeah the commercialism of it so but they don't love music and we love music yeah. you know and we love music now what brought you to Atlanta I was dating a woman at the time uh, no. <laughs> and then she was like sounds like a blue song Carlton. Carlton. <laughs> right. I was dating like, a woman at the time loves women who's and your I baby mama and I moved on down let me just say this he has so many baby mamas so many I know you in Atlanta cause you're making the Black Panther right now see the movie see. I know you're here. Stalker. Bitch. If anyone out there knows her, send her my email address. Anyway. No, but um, so I was dating a woman. And I was, you know, in Gary, I wasn't really working in my field yet. I was out of college. I wasn't working in my field. She was like, move to Atlanta. At the time, this is when everybody called Atlanta the black Mecca, mm. which I did not believe. Because, you know, coming from where I come from, I used to work in Chicago. You know, I spent a lot of time there because it's like right next door. So I was like, man, Atlanta ain't nothing, man. And so <laughs> oh, I came man. down here and you know what? It wasn't nothing. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was still a country town. This was 94. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't a lot going on. Mm. We had the Catfish Station. We I had Rio Mall. Rio Mall. Was, oh, I remember Rio Mall. It was not. It was yeah. not a lot to do. Not a lot. But good vibes, though. Oh no, it was fun. It was, it was an exciting fun. time. It was, it was fun. Exciting exciting time. time. Everybody was it hyped, was, right? It was. Freak Nick was still going still on. Going yes. on. So I saw a lot of you know stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so we got married and then we got divorced. And, mm. But you know, that's why I came down. And here I was originally. in. I actually was in your wedding. Yeah. Oh you wow. Were. So he got married before I did. Yeah. Mm. Even though he's a little younger than me, you know. He stepped out. I'm several years younger. I'm <laughs> decades. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah, then I got married. He was in my wedding. Mm. Yeah. So, but but okay. that's that's what brought me here. All right, we're going to take a break. Wow. All right. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the music in Atlanta today. Mm-hmm. Um, respect to you guys because you guys have an opportunity to talk to a lot of artists yeah. on your show. That's the one thing that I really appreciate what you guys do. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Great. All right. All right. The biggest station in the world playing all of today's hits. We're listening to Instinct Radio. Real chicks rock. Hi, and we are back to RCR presents Real Discussions. Today, my <laughs> my comedic <laughs> guests are the Mo Audio team, Carlton Lamars and uh, Shantae Lagan. My son always says your whole name. 
Shantae Lagan. Yes. That's cute. Yes. That's he, great. He passed by your neighbor. Shantae he goes, Mommy. Her, her name sounds famous. Shantae Lagan lives it over does. there. Yeah. Hi, Christopher. Yeah. yeah Hi. Christopher. Oh. We, Chris. So when we, when we started the conversation, we talked about where you guys were from, how you guys met, how the brand was birthed, how Mo Media was birthed. And then Carlton was just about to tell us how you feel about, we're going to talk about all of us together, but the music, how it was when you first got here collectively and how it's evolved to what you hear today. Well, let me say this, and I think you will agree. When I got here, you know, I came here at the beginning of what many call sort of like the little neo-soul era of indie black music in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Funk jazz started in 94, you know, so I went to like maybe the second one of those, right? Um, all those like little John moved here in '94. Little John Roberts, the drummer. Um, it was so much stuff happening in '94. I think Drez didn't he say he moved here in '94? I can't remember. But anyway, so so much stuff happened then. The music was great back then. I mean, you know, Donnie and them, and India, and everything that came out of that movement and all that stuff. Uh, Kyrie, Jamal. All that stuff. Ken Rye. I went to see Carl Injek spin at Mumbo Jumbo back in the day. Oh, wow. Mumbo Jumbo. Right. Mumbo Jumbo was dope. No, I saw him spin at Velvet. Velvet. Yeah. Which became Mumbo Jumbo. Yeah. Velvet was the club before it became Mumbo Jumbo, the restaurant. Okay. Okay. It was Velvet. I saw him spin at Velvet. Which now I think is the Georgia Law offices. Yeah, I think so. Right. It was right downtown. So the music was great back then. I will say the only thing about it was a lot of people have this very mythological, mystical view of that time. It's like, oh, that was the greatest time. It was so great. It, it, nothing, it will never be that good. And it's like, okay, y'all, it was at one club. Everything was happening at Yin Yang, yeah. which became Apache. Mm. There wasn't, you couldn't hear that music all over the city. There yeah. wasn't a lot of records coming out. There was a lot of people touring, you know, internationally at that time and nationally. There weren't even a whole lot of artists. Yeah. There was a handful of people mm-hmm. coming out of that club. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, you know, once they didn't have, they couldn't play at Apache anymore or, or Yin Yang anymore, or whatever, then they went around. But now we have way more artists mm-hmm. doing way more music and way more different places across the city across the country Mm -hmm. across the world Mm -hmm. so i think it's the best time that we've ever had for soul music in atlanta and plus i think one thing you just touched on too is if you think about 94 9 through 94 should i say around 2000 it's people weren't they didn't have money to put out music themselves exactly the process wasn't process wasn't as simple as you know i'm just gonna go home record this upload it in there you had to like you had to have money yeah right most of those people I'm, I'm sure they won't get mad at me saying most of them were broke we everybody was broke nobody right. had money to go pay you know ten and fifteen thousand dollars to go to a studio record and pay a, musicians i mean right. you had to do you had to do a few full musicians i mean it was it was tough mm-hmm. so and then plus when it came down to he's right there wasn't that many venues i mean people talk about like that time period is it's like it was just everywhere no you you would just go to certain venues over and over and over and over and over. That's right. And see, yeah, and see these artists over and over. I remember coming down from North Carolina to go to Eatonton. Y'all remember Dr. Uh, Malachi York? Yeah. And, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. oh, gosh. Right. Another story for right. another time. But we drive down from Eatonton or from North Carolina to Eatonton. And one of my girls is like, hey, I want to go see my guy. You know, I know somebody in Atlanta. Um, he told us to meet him at this place called Yin Yang. So we drive from Eatonton 
into the city of Atlanta and wind up at Yin Yang. I have never been to like nightlife, soul nightlife in Atlanta other than this spot. And I think that's very telling that her connect here in Atlanta (laughs) knew that that was the place to go. You know what I mean? And this would have been probably 97. Um, So yeah, 96, 97. And, And a lot of those friendships from back then right. they grew I think still helps I mean it helps us with the slow-mo and right. also more audio totally. and also our careers in right. general because right. a lot of those people I'm still cool with right now mm-hmm. you can call them up on the cell phone and I can call up Lil John and be like hey man once you get on the show yeah. and there was I think that during those time periods where there was a lot of artists like a Lil John's like like the the groovement um, like you know uh, the late Kim Beatty who you know I think yes. I think everybody yes. in, in, yes. in in soul music, I'd say everybody in neo soul music, mm-hmm. I'd say in all of America has to thank that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. because these these were other, this was a form of music that wasn't getting played on the you know yeah. national right. level. You you hear bits and pieces, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he he his show was. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, his his show was there before everybody. It, it, it was, and I think that's what made Atlanta so attractive. Yeah. Um, and it 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 commandeered it. It partnered with the whole fact of this new mecca, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. Because the music was there, mm-hmm. and, and it seemed like you had access to people. Right. Like, because coming from New York, you don't necessarily have access to everybody. The right. bigger the city, it's really hard to just yes, reach, reach out and just mm-hmm. have this kind of. But here in Atlanta, it just seemed like. My friend knew of that person. Yes. Exactly. They'd show up. Yes. Right? Well, it was just exactly. very, very intimate. I think you hit the nail on the head. It was like, what it was during that time period, um, I felt like that Atlanta wasn't as contrived. Right. You know, it's like you weren't, you know, I have, I have issues with a lot of the reality shows, which makes Atlanta seem like this, you know, uber glossy mm-hmm. type of situation. Back then, you know, you can go to anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, right. you know, you could go to Essos, you could go to, Ky- <laughs> you could go to Kaya, you mm-hmm. could, you know, you can, it was, it was nothing to go to like to earwax to go shopping. Right. And you seeing, you know, like somebody just brought about how Al Jarreau would go in there, was there and sign the records. Mm-hmm. You could, you could do that. Right. And yeah. it was right there in front of you, obtainable, yeah. reachable. Yeah. And seeing, plus I know for me coming from Kentucky, seeing, you know, people like me, right. my color, right. you know, like right. they're in front of you. That's, that was a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the funny thing too, is that the whole jiggy era didn't really kick in until like vision, you know, mm. yeah. vision come and really pushed a lot of that sort of creative kind of funky, more natural kind of thing out of the city mm. or out of midtown. Sure. Because at one point, you know, you had Kaya, you know, you had, uh, Apache over there, you had nomenclature, you had oh, all these nomenclature, places, right? Yes. Were all sort of in that strip. And we was in midtown Atlanta on Peachtree Street kicking it. Yeah, Earwax right. Earwax was right over That's there. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were having a good time. And it's like, yeah, when Vision came, oh, Earwax left before that, but then Vision kind of pushed out Kaya. But we used to go see Kemet DJ at and Kaya, mm. they would have live performances in the front of like soul artists and stuff. Mm. And then they kick it in, you know, they have a DJ in the back, you know, but it was, it was a good time. But I think that, um, in being pushed out, you know, it made people, I think it made them work a little harder. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I mean, there ain't too many venues where they can't play now. I mean, yeah. Robbie, you know, played Afropunk. I saw mm-hmm. Robbie at City Winery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many places now. And I think a lot of people still do complain. There's not enough venues. It's like, 
million there are no, yeah, a million especially views. by right. comparison of all and sleeps I, and sizes i think too it's not just the venues but even the music itself i think has become a little more widely accepted mm. yeah. so where we it was insular and we mm. did have our you know community at yin yang and um apache and it was mm. all very focused there as you had more artists as you had more venues i think the audience got a little broader too. And so you are going to see a Robbie at city winery because there's a promoter who knows about Mm. that guy and whoever his audience might be. You know what I mean? It's you, you are exactly right. I think the audience is broader as are the venues. And and I think that, you know, even to bring it back to like with slow-mo and mo audio, you know, even though we touch on a lot of like local artists because of technology and opportunities, we're able to reach you know, we could we could talk about what's going on in Atlanta, and people in London are t- are asking yeah. us about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. or I have friends who were, were like, "Oh man, I, I love that song that you played." I'm like, how did you hear it? You know, it's technology, and there's mm-hmm. more opportunities mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I think that's the great thing about you know about what's going on with music today. Mm-hmm. You know, there is more yeah. opportunities, and we got to remember too. At that time, you still you know you had LaFace here. Yeah. And so you had big labels. So, so, so yeah. yeah. Right. And even everybody sort of had an affiliate here, you know, uh, the the majors. And they were, you know, once they pulled out and once the money kind of left, I think all as far as the black indie side of things, all it left was really the soul artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like. At one point, it was, I guess it was a lot of R- people looking for R&B deals. I mean, I yeah. don't, you know, but. Then nobody was like, well, you know, I got to do this. I got to make this happen. Right. And the records really didn't start coming out from from that crew that came out of that yin yang era until like the two thousands. Yeah. That's when the records started mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. But before then, you only really had like Lauren A and you had Joy that had records out. Right. Like right. you know what I mean. Right. But but then Donnie's stuff came out in the two thousands and Anthony's came out in two thousand. Yeah, and so. even with the the Donnie stuff, you know, I think he was he went to he was doing a lot of time in New York performing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, getting trying to get a deal, trying to get a deal. Yeah. So yeah, the, you know, but one thing I noticed about back then that is still similar to now is it's like once some people got big, you could you know they were like say they're they're like in India who would be like selling out you know these arenas or whatever. You could still see them in Atlanta, right? Performing, performing, kicking it up, performing in their cabin. You know, people very accessible, very accessible, and people still are. Honestly, you know, you see Anthony riding a bike, you know. Down Edgewood, you know, you you can catch these people out. Well, it's, you know? it's kind of like what we just talked about off the break. That it's you know, Anthony performed in my home, mm. went back in the day, and now mm. he's sell, now he's selling out. He's selling out, selling out spots, out he's, right? He's right. Two shows in a row. So that's like, yeah, yeah, he's you know? doing it, he's doing yeah. it. But yeah, but even other people from other artists from other cities when they come in, because we I've seen Quest uh, Love at um, Moods, Moods, yeah, oh, just yeah. Mm. buying the place out. True. Well, and that's where. I once again I have to give props to oh, the, yeah. la- the late Kim Beatty mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Kim Beatty because he was playing a lot of this music and even like, even when I say like a, a look at somebody like a Roots Roots is a soul band yeah. that's a soul band that does yeah. hip hop mm-hmm. okay so when you look at the essence of that and because of the music that he was playing back then right Atlanta became a place where you had to play if you wanted to get some respect yeah. you yeah. got to play Atlanta and you got to play Atlanta and do well mm. you can't just come play right. in Atlanta. It's like I'm just going to breeze through. No. You got to come to Atlanta and play. And, and there's and there's still a lot of guys like uh, Incognito, yeah, uh, people like that. Like I interviewed Bluey a few years ago from mm-hmm. Incognito, and he said that Atlanta and Detroit are the two cities that keep them in the business, really, in the states, really. Yeah, oh, but then oh, even really? non-traditional 
you know, soul groups. You know, if you go contemporary, like a little dragon, when I interviewed them, Mm -hmm. you know, and this had to be at least four or five years ago now, Mm -hmm. they were so excited to be in Atlanta. They (laughs) recognized what Atlanta is or you know for music or like for example i mean i'm i'm cool with uh eric roberson eric mm-hmm. roberson said you know when he comes out with an album he's going to make sure that he comes performing in atlanta yeah, first that's right, that's right. Yeah. you know it's like mm-hmm. i mean he's from philly he'll do it in philly yeah. but he, he's gonna make he sure he's doing Atlanta. Here. same yeah. way with omar omar will probably be here for you know yeah. he better because yeah. i'm ready for omar yeah, yeah. Because, you know, that would be awesome. atlanta loves omar yeah. that's he just right. put out a new album that's right omar we gotta get you to atlanta show first i'm be i've been very selfish these minutes for people that want to call in <laughs> 478-569-6474 we see you out here listening call? we're not sure if you want to call in but i gotta share the numbers 478-569-6474 we like I, I like these people so when you thought about the whole slow-mo brand and concept you always thought it was going to be sold Initially, no. I mean, initially, I, 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 it was like I don't know what we were even saying it was, was going. It, it was just going to be like a black magazine. It was a black magazine. Kind. It was more. We really didn't understand the whole. It, it was the culture was forming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like the when we first talked about it, it's like you know you had you had magazines and music magazines that were out there. You had like you had the source. You had you know right. you had Vibe, which was we was like oh, this is a little. Di-. Well, actually, Vibe wasn't even around. I don't think or it was no, just Vibe was out. It was okay, yeah, that was out. but we were like soul has a culture just like mm-hmm. anything else just like you have blues it's like it's a culture it's mm-hmm. like you might see like a you know a sister you know with her hair somewhere like that's soulful mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's the same like you might see like a, mm-hmm. a, a pepper with her hair on the side like that's hip-hop right. that's everything right. that's right soulful. Yeah. that's soulful and it became it was so it's it's actually more than just about the music, it's about the culture of it that comes out you know, of it too. Some people might say, "Oh, it's woke," but no, it's not about being all woke. It's just like, but I think there's a culture. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. It, and know? I mean, to me, as I've explained it to people, while we do focus on music, musicians, excuse me, and music a lot, we've had authors on the show, mm-hmm. we've had visual artists on the show, right. so Dancers, it's more about the okay. aesthetic of soul as much as it is, totally. and and the culture behind it, because that right. doesn't include, or exclude, I guess, all the other facets. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think over time, we started to really kind of narrow down Every so many years, we would reconvene and talk about it. And we'd be like, you know, I think what we're trying to do is this. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it got more and more and more and more focused. And we know from working in the, in the business, the biggest mistake that people do is they make these publications that are, like, so general. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them out there. Yes. Several of them. <laughs> you got 20, you got, like... 30 departments in a in a 16 page publication Health, technology shoelaces shoelaces cement trucks it's like airplanes it's like cars horses everything. they keep adding them too they just keep yeah. adding techn- <laughs> they keep adding they be like hey man i want to have an ad this week let's yeah. let's go on let's go right. on make a, a department a exactly a, right? a whole new section and then they add something to uh, it there's a yogurt the person and, that wants to advertise and don't get me yogurt wrong. section and don't get me wrong there's been there's been times where we even saw within our own publication that like i know design wise i had to pull back because and that's be- just because it's like as a designer you know i'm always asked to design for different markets mm-hmm. and at one point i was making i was making slow mo very glossy I wanted, you know, I wanted, mm. you know, because 
But then I was like, well, that's not honest. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. Know, and the whole the whole truth of like of the publication is like is the honesty yeah. of the culture. Authenticity. Yeah. Yes. yes. So yes. I had to pull back even when it came to the design. Is like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, why am I putting all this bling on it? We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock on. Oh,